All right, all right, all right. Isn't that what McConaughey says, right? All right, all right, all right. Some of you are like, don't say his name in church. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Now let's talk about Jesus. If you have your Bibles tonight, would you turn to Proverbs chapter three? We're in our seventh week, eighth week, eighth week, going through a series called How Do I dot, dot, dot. And we're looking through the book of Proverbs, asking these questions about, you know, just big stuff in life. How do we do relationships? How do we trust God? How do we tonight manage our money? And what, what I'll say to you tonight is, I want to think of this as sort of a summer chat, a fireside talk. I've been uh, double dipping, preaching Fridays and Sundays for this month, and we did Despo Conference, and I'm just a little bit, yes, woo, woo, praise God. I'm just a little bit tired. This is a, a, a summer chat, okay, through the scriptures, liturgical year. You've got Advent and Christmas and Lent and Easter and Pentecost, and then you tip over into what they call ordinary time, which is right now, summertime. So let's just have an ordinary time conversation tonight through the scriptures. Uh, so tonight, a few things that I want to say to you about money. Hear the word of the Lord out of Proverbs 3, verses 7 through 10. I'll read this and then we'll pray. It says, do not be wise... In your own eyes, there's someone else in charge. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Like if you live in step with God, you're just gonna be graced. There's gonna be a flow. It doesn't mean difficulty won't come, but it'll mean that you're working with the grain of the way he's made the universe. So fear God and it'll be good for you. Verse nine, honor the Lord with your wealth, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God, let's pray. Lord, speak to us, speak to us. I say it so often, but Lord, if we are here to be entertained, we have wasted our night. If we're here to, to be all tricky and gimmickry, all the stuff, and be silly and, and cute, Lord, we have wasted our time. But if the God who spoke from of old speaks tonight, we will have done just fine. So speak, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, we've been singing it all night. Spirit of God, breathe on us. We pray that you would challenge us in all the right ways and encourage us and that you would give us wisdom. And the psalmist said, the unfolding of your word brings light. So Lord, let your light shine here tonight as your word goes forth. We pray, may the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. Money, we're talking about money and money is all over the Bible. I've done two extensive word studies. This is just a side note. If any of you want to geek out on this, I've got two documents. Just email me and I'll send you these word documents. Money is all over the scriptures. Of Jesus' 38 parables, 16 of them focus on how to handle money and possessions. 
400 times in the Bible it talks about faith, right? 2,000 times in the Bible there are references about money, wealth, and resources. It's like all over the scriptures. So if the Bible talks about money, I'm going to talk about money, but I wanna tell you tonight, just relax. (laughs) Pastors start talking about money, people start grabbing their wallet, you know? sitting on their right cheek to push down on it, you know? So like, look, I'm not gonna, I don't manipulate, we don't twist arms here. God loves a cheerful giver. So we're just gonna have a summer chat about money tonight and I wanna put four observations about God and money in front of you tonight. Observation number one, God makes the world go. We live in a cash economy and a technological society, so we don't often think about how fragile provision actually is. You talk to agrarians, though, and people who depend on the land for their income and for their food and for their wealth, and they have a different perspective. We think that we're in control of whether or not we get food. It's just simple. You either go to Walmart or King Supers, and as long as you've got enough money, food is just like magically there, and that's fantastic. Minkaye, anyone ever heard the story? I want to show you this picture of Minkaye. Uh, there he is, Minkaye. Did any of you ever hear the story about Nate Saint and Jim Elliott and the three other missionaries that left Wheaton and they flew down to Ecuador and, and, and into the rainforest? They wanted to evangelize this indigenous tribe. So they go there in their little plane and they're dropping down nice little notes and, and food like we come in peace. And they said, yeah, come on down. And they came on down and they ended up spearing all five of them, killing them, the missionaries. Anyone heard this story? Minkaye is one of the killers. And these five missionaries gave their lives out there on the beach of this indigenous tribe, with this indigenous tribe. And this indigenous tribe, right after they speared these guys, the Holy Spirit speared their hearts. And they all started coming to faith. Like they went down to evangelize them, to lead them to Jesus. Well, they died and they led them to Jesus. So this whole tribe, the Aka tribe down in Ecuador, they came to faith in Jesus. And Minkaye is one of the killers. And he came to faith and and Nate Saint's son, Steve, moved back down there and became best friends with the man who killed his father. This is Minkaye. I got to meet him. He flew up to the United States and I remember being at the airport in Tulsa, Oklahoma and he gets off the plane and he's, you know, he's a slight guy, you know, 4'2", you know, big smile, what is, like, doesn't speak English. What are we doing here, you know? And then he comes to America and he starts going to, they, they want to give him these experiences. And so he goes to a, a grocery store and he couldn't believe, he called them food houses. He couldn't believe the food houses. Because this guy, he goes out with like a, a little uh, blowgun and shoots, he puts poison on the tip and shoots these little monkeys out of the trees and they fall down, they get, you know, and they eat them up, you know? And they, they've got their crops and they spear fish out of, the, out of the Amazon River right there and pull them out. Like they live off of the land, like, like live off of the land like people have forever. And Minkaye, he went back to his tribe in the rainforest after his visit and he said to them, you actually just go and get food in a big house and all you have to do is smile big and hand a card, but they give the card back so it's free. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The food houses. He just, wow. If you're a farmer, you understand that there are things way beyond your control. 
If you live off of the land, you realize that you are not God. And if the rain doesn't come, the food doesn't grow, and the food doesn't feed your cattle and your flocks out in the fields, and if they don't eat, then they die, and then you can't eat, and you have nothing to sell, and you have no food. That, like, the whole system breaks down if God doesn't do something. We think that we're in control But these people who are close to the land actually understand that drought means desolation, but rain means remuneration. Moisture means money. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And this is why they pray, open up the windows of heaven, Lord, and pour out blessing that we won't even have room enough to contain. And and Solomon says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is the language of agrarian people. Isaiah 30, verse 23, it says, Then he, God, will give you rain for the seed which you will sow in the ground and bread from the yield of the ground, and it will be rich and plenteous. On that day, your livestock will graze in a roomy pasture. Do you see, like, God is in charge of this whole cycle of life. God is the one who makes the world go. God is our provider. Provision is within his purview. If it's going to happen, it's up to him. Number one, God makes the world go. Can you say amen? Amen. Number two, God keeps his people going within the world that he makes go. Virtually any time wealth is discussed in scripture, we see that God is somehow behind it. Scripture time and time again that God alone gives wealth. And Genesis 32, 12, I will surely make you prosper. Genesis 39, 2, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. Deuteronomy 8, 18, Moses goes, don't you ever forget, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He disabuses us of the notion that we are the ones who make this thing go. Work hard, absolutely, but God gives you the power to get up in the morning and to work hard. He gives you breath in your lungs to go out and he's gonna cause the rain to come and the earth to work. And as you, as you produce that crop and you put it away in your barns, don't you think that you did this, he says. Remember, it's the Lord who gives you the ability to get wealth. Deuteronomy 28, 11, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, like he's gonna keep life going, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. Do you see this theme? Wealth and honor come from you for you are the ruler of all things. God is the one who keeps his people going. When you get up in the morning, This is why Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, we we live in a fragile world and we're thankful for every good and perfect gift, James 1, that comes down from the Father of heavenly lights in whom there is no shifting shadows. And the Lord is your keeper and the Lord is the shade at your right hand and the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will watch over your life. He'll watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Saints, if you don't live with gratitude and with your head turned to the sky and with your heart heart open to his provision, you think you're in control. So we are the ones who just say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love endures forever. Thank you for giving us this day our daily bread. And you're the one who makes the world go. And you're the one who keeps your people going. 
when we're talking about God and money, what we're saying is that at the helm of the universe, at the helm of life, at the helm of time, at the helm of uh, all the natural resources is a benevolent father who cares for his people. Like we think God is stingy and God is mad and God's got a furrowed brow and we think God's out to get us and God wants to make life hard and we gotta jump over all these impossible hoops and he wants us to trip so that he can. No, God wants to bless you and take care of you. God makes the world go and he keeps his people going. The third thing I wanna say about God and money is that God calls us to give it a go. So God makes the world go and God keeps his people going, but he also calls us to give it a go. I'm looking in this room at business people, people who lay in bed at night and they pray, God, give me creative ideas and show me where provision is so I can go make life viable, not just for my crew, but for other people. And some of you in this room know what it is to sign the front of the check. Business owners, you ever sign the front of the check? Like, most people sign the back of the check and they go to the bank and they just trust it's gonna be there and it's good, thank God, for people who sign the back of the check. I've signed the back of the check before, but I've also signed the front of the check. I married an entrepreneur and most of the time I love that. Lisa's got ideas and she's dreaming and scheming and she, everything she touches, it's just worked. And I look back through 16 years of being married, this girl's got a, a a stomach for signing the front of the check. And I'm looking at my friends who know how to hire people and who, who, who bless families by creating jobs so that we can sign the back of the check. And, and those of you who sign the front of the check, I just want you to know I bless you in Jesus' name. We are gonna pray God blesses your businesses, that God gives you provision, that God gives you creative ideas. In 18 months of COVID, some of you have had to pivot and think on your feet and figure out new ways in a new economy Economy, with new competition, and we pray, God bless the work of your hand. This is what the psalmist say, may the Lord our God prosper the work of your hands. Yes, may he prosper the work of your hands. Psalm 90, verse 17. There's something about giving it a go in this world. The imago Dei, you, you've heard that, that we as human beings carry the image of God. And Genesis 1 tells us that God is a starter, that God is a creator, that God is a dreamer, that God has ideas, that God is not afraid of taking a risk and going for it and putting himself out there and seeing what happens, that God is the one who dreams it and then speaks it into being and then he puts his hand on the thing and here we are living it. This is what business owners do. Like, if you own a business, if you're out there giving it a go, I just want you to know that you are bearing the image of God in the world, and it is a good thing. And so I bless that thing in you, that desire to push, that desire to take a risk, that desire to drive and create jobs so that other people can sign the back of it. It's good to give it a go. Too often we Christians, we kind of, get real precious and we sit on the back foot and oh, just kind of, you know, whatever. Like Christians are those who are, go. what does God say to Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And every place you set your foot, Abram, I'm going to give it to you as your possession. So go. God calls us to give it 
ago. God is the one who makes the world go and God is the one who keeps his people going but he also implants his spirit in us and his DNA in us and his image in us so that we wake up in the morning thinking about how we can steward this good world and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And maybe some of you have never been in a church setting where you heard business as carrying the image of God and going out and changing the world. Well, you're gonna hear it at New Life Church because this is what we have been made to do. So go give it a go. Can you say amen tonight? The fourth thing I wanna say is that God has called us to help keep others going. Think about this progression. God makes the world go, and God keeps his people going, and God calls us to not be scared, but to get out there and to give it a go. But God has also called us as his people. Finally, the cycle of God's provision is complete in this movement here because God blesses us, and he passes it on to us and he keeps us going and he gives us dreams and ideas and the courage to go out and do it and he prospers the work of our hand, but it shouldn't stop with us having deep pockets. It shouldn't stop with us going, whoo, thank God, I'm good. Circle up the wagons and, and let's just mail it in and make sure I've got that right bottom line that'll get me to the grave and w- that's just enough, that's not enough for the people of God because God is the one who looks outside of himself. <laughs> Like, do you understand at the essence of his being, God is not self-centered. God is the one who spills over. God is the, the, the universal cup that overflows into the world. And all of us taste and see that the Lord is good because God, love is generative. Love makes more. And the two shall become one flesh. Like, it, it, like the world, as love works rightly, love expands, love moves outward, love multiplies, love abounds. And if that's true, if that comes from the very essence of God's being, then to be his people means that we are called to help keep others going. Think about Genesis 12. You know, Genesis 1 and 2, beautiful. Genesis 3, dun, dun, dun. And it's like nine chapters of chaos and the world coming apart at the seams. What God's spoken to being devolves into unbeing because sin enters the world and it fractures the first family and Cain kills his brother Abel and we see the flood, all the chaos. But in Genesis chapter 12, there's a pivot in the narrative. Genesis 12, one says, the Lord had said to this man, Abram, Go from your country and go from your people and go from your father's household to the land that I will show you live by faith and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing, Abram and Sarai and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. Like I'm just gonna send you out with so much goodness that it's going to follow you and if anyone tries to stand in your way, I won't let them stop you. That's what he means there. Like you're gonna keep going in the blessing of God. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God 
makes the world go. God keeps his people, Abram and Sarai, going, and he gives them the grace to go, give it a go. But the final loop in this cycle of life and generativity and love and bearing the image of God is that closing of the loop where I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing, and through you and your offspring, I will bless all the nations of the earth. People of God, if you go out and people for the, for the next six months do not feel the grace and the glory and the goodness of God emanating from your life, something's wrong. If people see you and they know that you go to church and they know that you claim to be a Christian, but you're insular and you're closed off and you've circled the wagons and you're defensive and you're greedy, it's just the image hasn't fully locked in to that cycle of generativity and of love. But believers are those who go, you know what? I come from a family story of blessing and being made a blessing. And through me, I'm a part of the offspring of the seed of Abraham and Sarah. And through me, all the nations of the earth will find themselves blessed. So you're gonna want to be my neighbor. Like you wanna work where I work. You wanna be in the cubicle next to me. You You want your kids to be on our kids' sports team. And that's not pride, that's just the image of God fully bearing itself and locking itself into the cycle of life and generativity and blessing because we are the ones who should spill out of these doors and go shake it up and go be the best neighbors and be the best coworkers and be the best people. And if we see a need, like I don't need to like pray. If I can meet it, I don't need to pray about it. So many people get consternated and, Lord, should I just, you know, I, I know that that single parent is really struggling, but Lord, I just need you to speak. He spoke. He already spoke. Read the Bible. Through you, all the nations of the earth will find themselves caught up into blessing. And so you just go, do I have, if I have it, it's yours. If I have something that you need and I can genuinely do it, I don't have to pray. Because I'm a part of the family of blessing blessed to be a blessing. And we just believe that, you know what? If I give money, my pocketbook goes down and my pockets are emptier and my bank account goes, but I, I, I serve the one who makes the world go and I serve the one who keeps his people going and he might just give me a new idea that actually deepens my pockets so that I can empty them again. This is who we are. Why? Because this is who God is. God and money. And I, I thank God for my parents who taught me from the earliest days. Man, I, I, I mess up so often and I'm not standing here as a saint. I'm, I'm, I'm standing here as a brother in Christ. One thing my parents did is they taught us to give, 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 give. And we didn't always have a lot. And sometimes we gave and it was like, my mom tells the story. She bought me this really nice toy that I really wanted and it was expensive. And someone came over and they taught me for years, give, 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 give. And this kid came over and he goes, oh, I really like that. And I gave it to him. And my mom said, I was so mad. (laughs) I was so mad. Because then I knew I had to go buy you another one. And we just doubled the price. And and she said, the Lord just kind of tapped her on the heart and goes, Isn't he doing what I told you to teach him to do? They taught us to give. And so often we start circling the wagons and we get afraid and we think, and I'll just tell you, when the enemy sows the seed of financial fear, it comes up in a harvest of greed. 
The enemy is out scattering seed in all of our lives. Jesus is out scattering seeds of the kingdom of heaven. He's out scattering seeds of the word of God. He's going, look, it's fine. The world is fine. I'll take care of you. I will bless you. You're hooked into the cycle of life and generativity and love and blessing, and I'll make you a blessing. It's good. It's okay. Jesus is out there sowing seeds of open-heartedness. The enemy's out there sowing seeds of fear, and those seeds come up in a harvest of greed. When fear about money gets buried in our souls, we start collapsing inward. And I am here tonight to invite you into the blessing of giving and of living with your hearts open and of trusting God who makes the world go and of trusting the scriptures that tell us story after story after story after story of God keeping his people going. And, I, and, and God is just gonna surprise you with creativity to keep giving it a go so that you can empty your heart and your pocketbook all over again to keep other people going. Because brothers and sisters, if you knew the stories of the people walking around even in 80921, if you knew the stories of the moms down at Mary's home, if you knew the stories of the uninsured or underinsured women who come into our medical clinic, if you, if you could take 30 minutes and just hear the story, your heart would break in all of the right ways and you'd go, oh Lord, you made me to step into this gap. You made me to step into this need and you've blessed me and I'm going to be, like I don't have to pray about it. Thank you God, let's make this happen. Brothers and sisters, when you get to that point, You've heard it said all your, your life, if you've grown up around the church, you've heard it said, you can't outgive God. I just promise you. <laughs> Take a risk with God. Some of you are new to this generosity game and it scares you or you've been manipulated. You've gone to churches and I'll just own it. We've all been in situations where there has been manipulation out of pulpits and God have mercy on that. That is unclean, that's not right, that is not his heart. Paul says God loves a cheerful giver. So if you have been abused by people who have milked you for what, I'm sorry and I repent for them. But do not let that thing destroy the generosity that God has put in your heart because if it gets destroyed, the world loses and you lose too. If we can live and get caught up into this life of generosity, the world is changed. The kingdom of God comes and the will of God gets done on the earth as it is in heaven. And so tonight I'm asking you to live with your eyes open. Live with your heart open. Get up and pray the words that Jesus taught you to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, if there's a need, show it to me. Pray for divine appointments. Lord, send me out into the world today. And if someone needs to bump into me and find what I have that you've given me, send them my way, Lord. And give me the courage and give me the faith to take a chance. Lord, if you send them my way and if you're doing it, I'll just trust you that you're going to resupply all of my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Can you say amen tonight, church? What I want us to do is to come to this moment. I'll invite the band up and I'll ask you to stand with me here. And I think coming to the table of the Lord is just the right thing and I'll ask our ushers and our servers, if you don't have communion elements, would you raise your hands and they'll bring them to you? But communion is just the right thing to do here. Because what we're saying is, Jesus, you're the one who gives us bread. You're the one 
who provides for us. You're the one who takes care of our needs. You're the one who satisfies our deep hunger and our desire. I'm gonna give it a second here. We got a bunch of saints who didn't open their hand when they walked in the room tonight. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. We got the hunts right over here, Wendy. Right, yep. This moment in our services each week is meant to be a reset button in our imagination. Jesus sits at the table on the night he's betrayed, he's getting ready to suffer and die. And Jesus hosts a meal. It blows my mind. Like if you're going to carry a cross, if you're gonna die tonight, if I'm God, I'm gonna say, you're gonna feed me one last supper. Like I want someone else to serve me before I go serve the world. That makes sense to me. You feed me, I'll feed you, we'll call it good for tonight. Jesus, on the night he's betrayed, hosts the last supper, and don't you ever forget that he's always hosting the supper. (laughs) He's always filling, he's he's the breadwinner in this situation. In his father's house, there is no food shortage, there is no drink shortage. In his father's house, there's no seeds of fear that end up in greed. Jesus is always sitting at a table with his arms wide open, looking for us, going, are you hungry? Let me feed you. And as Jesus, by his spirit, gets in us tonight, what I'm trusting and believing will happen is that we'll start living as if all of our needs are met. We'll start living as if he's sending us out to go feed the world. Jesus feeds us. I will bless you, and then I will make you a blessing. If we've been fed tonight, if we've been forgiven tonight, if we've been loved tonight, we can go out and feed We can go out and bless. We can go out and forgive. The closing of the loop is when Jesus feeds us and forgives us, and then we go out and we feed and we forgive the world. Can you say amen tonight? Jesus, on the night he's betrayed, he took the bread. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Would you break that little wafer there? In essence, he's saying there's gonna be brokenness involved. I'll be broken for you. Get ready to be broken at certain moments for the life of the world. This is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, remember what it's like. Remember me. And so Jesus, here we are. And we bless you. 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 Who is this God that feeds the world? We have so thrown it back in your face. We have nailed you to a tree. We have speared you in your side. We have crowned you with thorns. Nails in your hands and feet, 39 lashes on your back. We said we don't want your provision and somehow you just keep feeding us. And so tonight we say, thank you. Can you thank him tonight? Can you adore him tonight? Will you bless him with all that's in you tonight? Jesus, we bless you. 
Church, tonight, Jesus is here to feed you. He says, my body is broken for you. You may eat. On that same night, he took the cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. Every time we haven't fulfilled that Abrahamic blessed to be a blessing, he goes, new covenant, it's okay. Get back out there. I think, that, I think I can summarize it like that tonight. I feel okay to say that. It's okay. It's taken care of. Now get back out there. Fed, full drink. The world's hungry. The world's thirsty. Let's go. This is my blood given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And every time you do this, remember, saints, you may receive forgiveness from Jesus. Now let's worship the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Grace that flows like a river washing over of heaven love of Christ overflowing me oh thank you Jesus you set me free oh thank you Jesus Christ my Savior to rescue
Christ my Savior You've rescued Oh, sing it again Thank you, Jesus Oh, thank you, Jesus You set me given me life. You have given me life. You've Come on, church. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. He's given us everything we need for life with God.
my friend Dave Hammer to come over here. Debbie, would you come with him? Dave is going to pray the benediction over us tonight. And this is one of my absolute favorite guys on the planet. Every time I'm with him, I'm jolted back to life. And this man has been through so much adversity. He almost lost his life, but the Lord spared him. And it is for our own good that the Lord spared this man. He lives by faith. He's a businessman. He knows how to sign the front of the check. He, he comes up here and, and wheels around and prays in the spirit and worships and then takes calls and then worships again. And this is a guy that I deeply trust. And so what I wanted to do tonight, give it up for Dave and Debbie. What I wanted to do tonight is especially, I, I think earlier in the day you were sensing people coming to Jesus, altar call thing. And then, so share that and then pray blessing over business owners tonight. People who sign the front of the check. So first, take it away. I like audibles. Yeah, man. So I got an audible now based on what you said. So I just feel like the devil has been trespassing way too long in our lives, our children's lives, our marriages. Our young, younger generation. So I'm going to make a declaration right now, and I need everybody to agree with me. Get a little emotional, but we're putting the devil on notice right now that he is evicted from our lives, from our bodies, from our marriages, from our children, from our businesses. And we are putting you on eviction that you have no authority over anybody in this church. You said when two or more people gather, there you, you will be. Well, we got a barn full of people that love you, Lord. So the power is here, Father God. And I speak life and life abundantly over everyone here, Father God. I pray over the men and women, the business owners, uh, the children, young parents. Father God, I pray, Father God, for your river of life to flow through them right now in the name of Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come. And that your will would be done in their lives, Father God. We pray a hedge of protection from the top of their head to the bottom of their souls in every area in between, Father God. We claim healing, restoration, and we break the spirit of fear right now, Lord, and anxiety. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the work you're doing. And I speak favor, Father God, over the business owners of this church, Father God. We are to be salt and light. Father God, there is no greater joy than giving to the body of Christ. And it's your repentance that leads us to kindness, Father God. So I challenge business owners this week, Father God, and everybody in this congregation to find somebody that's in a need. Whether it's pulling up, you think you have a bad day, pull up to a 7-Eleven and put five bucks in someone's tank and see, see what that does takes the focus off of, off of us, displays the love of Christ, and changes and takes the problems off itself and trust God. So I speak a blessing over everyone today, Father God, and the business owners and this church, and we lift up our pastors, Lord. Father God, I just pray a blessing over Daniel and his family and the, mem and, and the pastors here, Father God, that you would bless him. He has got years far beyond his age, Father of wisdom and guidance. I pray that you would fill his cup, Lord, and let your light shine through him all the days of his life, Father God. Let him be a lamp on a mountainside, Father God, with a radiant light beaming, drawing people to the Lord and displaying the love that he has for his people. And I pray that over all the pastors in Jesus' name. Amen.
Give it up for Dave and Debbie Hammer. Dave, the phrase that he uses, and some of you, I want you, you'll, you'll remember this. The phrase that he uses, he tells me after he prays for me, he says, now get out there and go put the jumper cables on them. Every time I'm with him, he puts the jumper cables on me and shocks me back. And so let's go be the jumper cables this week of the love of Jesus. So go from here in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit with all of his blessing and all God's people said, amen. Hey, two announcements. I forgot to say this, my bad. Prayer team will be here, obviously, that's one announcement. Second thing is, due to weather, we are not going out to the playground. Kona ice is under the awning out here at the front, and all the, all the Kona ice, just go for it. Load up, it's on us. So let's celebrate, let's go hang out in the lobby, let the kids run around and chat. Much love to you tonight. Go in God's grace and peace.